Good morning, everyone. It is great to see you on this brisk fall morning. Um, it's good to be together again. We don't have to do live stream this, well, we are doing live stream this week, but we don't only have to do live stream. And so we've missed you, we've missed being together, and we are thankful that we are back here together. If you're joining us online through live stream, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Make sure you leave a, a comment there so we know you're there and we can interact with you. Um, we're going to worship this morning. We do want to remember uh, Billy Denty, um, her brother, correct? Is that correct, Paul? Where'd Paul go? He just stepped out. I even see you there, Billy. Is that correct? Okay. Your brother uh, did not have the surgery, is still waiting to have the surgery, uh, is what I understand. Wait, what's that? Possibly today. Okay, so we will definitely remember your brother in our prayers. And um, would you guys mind standing? And then we're going to pray, and then we're going to sing and worship and have a great morning. God, we thank you so much uh, for this day. Thank you that we are able to once again gather together. Uh, thank you that we're able to be here physically with each other. Thank you for those who are watching online, joining us that way. Uh, thank you for that ability, that capability to do that. God, we pray that uh, right now that you would, um, your presence would be real to us. We would set aside distractions, set aside the things that we have carried in here um, that aren't focused on you, and that we would spend just even this hour focused only on you, only on your goodness, on your love grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love for us. And we do pray for Billy's brother as he is possibly having surgery today, God, that it would um, that it would go well and that your healing touch would be with him and that your grace would be with him. Uh, again, God, may everything that we do today be honoring and glorifying to you. In Jesus' name we pray.
of our praise, isn't he? Amen. declaration that our praise is a choice, right? We don't come in here and say, I'm just going to sing if I feel like it, or if she plays my favorite songs, you know, it's a choice we choose to praise in the hard times and in the good times. Amen. Now read from Psalm 
um, chapter 143. I love the Psalms because it's so relatable, right? David lived so long ago and had different troubles, but really a lot of the same, right? So much of it is like, oh, yes, I'm tracking with you, David, right there. I'm with you. I feel that. So I'm going to pray this, pray this prayer, and maybe you can relate. Psalm 143, a Psalm of David. Oh, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In your faithfulness and righteousness, come to my relief. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one living is righteous before you. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I remember the days of long ago. I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. I spread out my hands to you. My soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Answer me quickly, O Lord. My spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like those who go down to the pit. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Rescue me from my enemies, O Lord, for I hide myself in you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. Wow, what a beautiful prayer. And I'm reminded as I read that, that you guys, the story is not over just because we're done reading this book. God is still moving and living and active in our present lives today. Do we believe that? Yes. In our lives, he's moving. In our community, he's moving. This is something to be excited about. He is good. The sun rises every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Amen. Shout at church. Amen. His faithfulness is good and something to be praised. Let's sing about it now. Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. 
some of us here are walking through the fire and the water and we need the reminder of your presence that is there with us through the fire you have not left us Lord great is your faithfulness that holds us and carries us through Lord I know sometimes when we're walking through the fire and in the water we can't always see the end and God I pray this morning that you would give glimpses to those who need glimpses lord that you would remind us of all the times in the past that you've been faithful and help us to look to the future that you will still be faithful and you are still writing the story you are still good and we can count the joy in every battle that we face lord we love you we worship you for who you are. We're grateful for your presence. And we want to continue to have open minds and open hearts right now in this place to what you have to say to us through Pastor Mara and through Pastor Paul. We just love you, Lord. We want our lives to look like that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Oh. I never fail to just be so thankful every morning when we're able to gather together and we're here because um, I don't know about you guys, but the moments and the days when we haven't been able to have really just cemented just how special this time is. And I'm so thankful for all of you. So this week we are wrapping up another month. Can you guys believe it? October is, is coming and going. And this month has been all about amazing things. We've been really focusing on the life of Elijah, but I think that um, we really want to make sure we aren't thinking of Elijah as being that amazing person, but recognizing that he was just a vessel, a channel through which God did some amazing things. And so when we think about Elijah as just being this person that God worked through, we realize that that means that we can also be those people that God can work through and do amazing things. We've talked about in the life of Elijah, let's see, he was fed by birds. He ends up with this widow where the oil and the, and the flour just aren't running out. Her son is raised back to life. He has this epic showdown with these other prophets and, and literally prays and God sends down fire. So we have all of these really big, amazing displays of God's power and God's presence that we've talked about this month. But woven all throughout those, are the small moments that I think it's important we don't miss. The moments where God met a physical need that Elijah had. God spoke to him in a whisper. God provided companionship when Elijah was lonely. And so we don't want to set all of our focus on those big, big moments and miss the small moments and the things that are happening day to day that were happening in Elijah's life but are also happening in ours. I have a lot of boxes in my house, in my basement. And I think we all agree, what are boxes for? They're, they're for storing things. Often when I put something in a box, that means that it's either it's something I don't need maybe anymore, or it's something I don't use very often, or it's something that's just for a special occasion. But I'll put things in boxes and put them up on a shelf, put them down in, in my basement. Um, the things that I use day to day, 
it would not be very smart for me to have them in a box stored in my basement. That would take a lot of effort for me to go down every day and get that thing out. You can even ask anybody who knows me or my, my dear husband that the things I use every day, I'm really bad about actually even just putting them away. So like I'm that person in the bathroom that like all of my lotions and things are out, so I, I use them every day. And I think sometimes uh, when we talk about storing things or things that we use for special occasions, I know I've been guilty in my life of times of, of kind of putting God in a box. Maybe even seeing the Bible as something that I can dig through and look and see things that God has done in the past. And I admire those things, but I don't bring it into my life right now. I store them away or I think, well, okay, I, I, the Bible has some really great ways that God worked but I don't know if he's going to do those things in my life. I don't know if he's going to act and work in those same ways. And so as I dig through and I, I look at the things that I know about God, it's tempting then afterwards to go, okay, well, God's pretty amazing. He did some amazing things, and I'm going to put this away until I need, until I need that reminder again. What I think what he wants for us is for us to be living every day in that wonder, in that amazement, of who he is and what he's doing. Do you guys all want to experience something really amazing right now? All right, I want you guys to put your right hand up. And I want you to put it right here on your chest. And my heart's beating a little harder, a little faster, because I'm up here in front of all you guys. I know, I know I look like I love it up here, but sometimes it still does. It beats a little fast. But in this room, every one of you, your heart is just beating away. And there's nothing you can do to make it go, make it stop. Nothing you can do. Your heart is just pumping. Isn't that amazing? When I was driving to church this morning, the sun was coming up, and there's nothing I can do to make that happen any faster or slower. It just happens. And I know a lot of you know the story of, of my son Reed with his heart, and let me tell you, if I ever need a reminder of just how amazing God is, putting my hand or my, my ear up next to my son's heart and hearing it beat in his chest how can I do anything but just be amazed? So Jesus talks about this idea of childlike faith. And when you guys think about kids, like as we're approaching Christmas, like I'm thinking my kids with that wonder, that amazement. That's what he wants for all of us. He never wants us to lose that wonder and that amazement of who he is. He might not be working in the really big way that I feel like I need him to work right now. But let's not forget the small ways that he's working. Maybe he's meeting a physical need. Maybe he's meeting a companionship need. You got a text from a friend this week, and that lifted you. When we take God out of this box, when we see him not as just something to admire and to look back and dig through when we need him, but we actually see him with us all the time, I think everything becomes a little more amazing. So I'm going to invite Pastor Paul. He's going to talk to us a little bit about the end of Elijah's life. And God wasn't done with him. He did not let him off the hook just because he was getting old and far along in his, in his years. He still had some pretty big things that he wanted to do through Elijah. Thank you, uh, Pastor Mara. It's good to be back in God's house after a, a couple weeks off. You can say, uh, see that I am still alive and fine. And, uh, but it's good to see all your smiling masks and faces and uh, being here with you. You know, we all like good endings. We, we like things to end well. Uh, sometimes things don't end like we would like them to end. I, I was in the garage uh, this week and there was a, a spider on the wall that was, oh, about yay big. It looked like it was about yay big. And 
So I picked up an old shoe and was going to smack that spider and kill it because that's just what I do to spiders. I don't know, maybe, maybe you guys just let them live because they do something, something valuable to me. They just scare me. And so I got a, a shoe and I, I hit the wall and the spider jumped and it was gone. I couldn't find it. Uh, for the rest of the day, it was, well, you know, is that spider on me? We don't like endings like that. We, we, we like good endings. We like books with good endings. We, we like movies with good endings. We like to have financial plans where you end up with more money than you started with. Can I get, a, get an amen for that at least? We, we like good endings. Um, we, we, we like test, good test results. We go to the doctor and we test. We, we want a good result, not a bad result. Um, I, I guess last night there was a baseball game that had a pretty good... Anybody watch the baseball game last night? There's a pretty good ending in the baseball game. Um, I guess I'm turned into an old man. And all God's people said, amen. Uh, you know, as we get older, there's things that we tend to reject. Some, you know, something, maybe, maybe it's music or maybe it's TV shows or, or, or movies or whatever. So, you know, I, you know, I, I still want to hear Jerry Lee Lewis or whatever. And uh, there, there's things that we reject. My rejection is baseball. I, I can't hardly watch baseball anymore. I, I, I know uh, I watched the Reds for the first time, two full games in the playoffs. That was six hours. I will not get back. And, and I watched the, the modern baseball and, and, and the shifts. Can I tell you, Pete Rose would have hit 900 against some of these shifts. Get, can I get an amen, Harold Green? Uh, he would have been laying down bunts and getting on base. And, and so I have trouble watching baseball now. I, I guess I'm just stuck in the 70s and the big red machine with, with baseball. I understand there was a good ending. I, every time I watch baseball, they show Carlton Fisk crossing the plate after hitting the home run in game six of the 1975 World Series. For those of you who don't know, game six was not the end of that World Series. The Cincinnati Reds, no response. The Cincinnati Reds won that World Series on a bloop single by Joe Morgan that drove in Ken Griffey, not Ken Griffey Jr., but Ken Griffey Sr. to win the series. And, and so we like results like that, things that, that stick in our mind. We, we want to finish well. I've ran one marathon, and I've ran uh, several half marathons, and, and, and they take a picture of you and, and want to sell that picture of you. Uh, as, as you're running across the finish line. And, and so I ran across every finish line. Now, now granted, I was kind of running like this, you know, because I was really tired. But, but I finished by running across. Matter of fact, when we ran the marathon, I ran it with my, my son Wyatt, and, and Terry and Spencer ran a half, and Wyatt and I ran a marathon. Wyatt trained. His longest run for training was three miles. Uh, you know, he was young and young, and, uh, and so in essence, I had to, after I finished, I finished the half as quick as I could, then I had to go back and get him. And I'm like, Wyatt, we're going to run across this finish line. And so we like to finish well, but not just marathons, life in general. When, when you end your work life, you don't want things, or at least I hope you don't think like this, you don't want things to fall apart. 
uh, because you're gone. We, we want to retire with our work in a good place. We want to get through school in a good way. We want, want, want schools to, to, to be positive because we've been there. Even in life, when we're fading physically, we, we want our facilities. We, we want to be able to think and speak and be with family and do all the things, even though we know that physically our bodies will fade. We all want to end well. It was good. Uh, Ed Stoner passed away. I guess it's been two months now. And, and, and up till the end, until the very end, Ed was doing well. And, and that's, that's how we want to end. I, I'll never forget Sharon Moore. And the last time I saw Sharon, Sharon surrounded by family, and, and they were telling us that was the end, and I'm thinking, this isn't the end for Sharon. She's still going strong. And, and so I, I headed on home, and Sharon's laying in that bed, and, and this is the last thing I saw from Sharon. That's how we want to end. We want life to end well. My, my grandma Moore, her last words were, goody, goody. <laughs> I want my life to end like that. And so we're talking about endings, and we're talking about Elijah. And Elijah is one of those images of finishing well with this fiery chariot, and Elijah's out. And as we've worked through this story, we, we talked about Elijah waiting at the stream. And we saw Elijah with the widow and raising the widow's son. We, we saw him at, uh, at battling the, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. And then he calls for rain. We have the small cloud, then the big thunderburst. We, we saw him running from Jezebel, and we saw him at Mount Horeb, and God's still small voice last week. And then he goes and he gets Elisha. And Elisha becomes his co colleague that walks with him through the rest of his ministry. After this, we see Ahab, who's this evil king of Israel, joins forces with the king of Judah, and his name is one of the greatest names in the Bible. Anybody tell me what it is? Jehoshaphat. Isn't that a great name? Who's going to name their kids Jehoshaphat, right? That's a, that's a great name. Jehoshaphat, and, and they're fighting uh, the armies of Aram, and, and Ahab wears a disguise because he doesn't want to get um, targeted. And, and so they're aiming at Jehoshaphat, and and, and they're missing, and, and Jehoshaphat's going, hey, I'm the king of Judah, don't aim at me. And, and a, a random arrow kills King Ahab, even though he's in disguise. So his son, King Hezekiah, secedes him. And all this time, I, I believe Elijah's thinking, well, there'll be some repentance in the land. This is a prophet of repentance. But he continues to worship the bells. And he gets sick, and he sends his aides not to Elijah, not to Yahweh for help, but to a prophet of Baal. And Elijah intercepts these aides, and he says, tell him, you're going to die. Because you've not trusted in God, you're going to die. And sure enough, he does. And Elijah goes on this final journey with Elisha. He knows it's near the end. And on their way, it's, it's kind of comical as you read it. They, they encounter several sets of prophets, so, so they're not alone. Elijah's not alone. And they all say to Elisha, God has taken your master. <laughs> and Elisha says, yes, I know, be quiet. Uh, that's the, in the King James, it says, it says, shut up, thou up. No, I don't think it says that, but that would be great if it did. 
And so Elisha's going and, and with Elijah, and uh, they cross the Jordan River. You know, the Bible's not accidental. You, you understand that God has a plan in place all along. And even in, at the time of Elijah, God has this plan with Jesus in mind. And so they cross the Jordan River, and this is not accidental because the Jordan River is where who comes? John the Baptist shows up. And so John the Baptist shows up at the Jordan, exactly at the place Elijah leaves. And so the new Elijah begins his ministry where the old Elijah leaves. So Elisha says, hey, and they, they, he, he takes his mantle, which is just a fancy cloak. He, he takes his cloak and he hits the Jordan River and the Jordan parts and, and, they, and they cross the Jordan on dry ground, and, and as they get across, Elisha says to Elijah, hey, give me, give me a double portion of your spirit. Of course, Elijah says, you know, I, I don't have, I can't give, God gives. Uh, but, but I'll tell you what, if you see me depart, if you see me leave this place, if you see me leave this earth, God is going to give you what you've asked for. And so he, he gives his mantle, his cloak to Elisha. And then all of a sudden, there's a fiery chariot. Ooh, you guys see all the fire around me? All right. You, you don't see the fire around me. See, if you were live streaming, they've got fire around me. Okay. And it's really cool. So, so you guys need, let's, let's all at once go. Ooh. You got to do it louder than that. <laughs> That's great. You guys are pretty cool. And so the, 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 the fiery chariot, and, and then Elijah departs in this fiery chariot, and he becomes one of those Bible trivia questions, you know, because you know, Elijah doesn't die, and he becomes one of those interesting theological arguments that, that people that have more time on their hand than I have have conversations about what happened to Elijah. You know, did he come back and die? And some believe that he did. But he goes off in this fiery chariot, and he's gone. And Elisha watches him go, crosses the Jordan, once again causing the Jordan to part, and becomes this highly significant prophet. More miracles are attributed to Elisha than any other person other than Jesus in the Bible. And Elisha has some really cool miracles. Elisha's the one that, that calls the, and this is in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Elisha's the one that calls the bears out of the woods to eat the kids that call him a bald-headed goober. And uh, so that's in there. You guys can look it up and find it. <laughs> Who would like that power? Okay, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Hey, you can call me bald-headed. Uh, and, and he becomes this significant prophet. And after, he's, after Elijah's gone, Jezebel dies. And just as uh, Elijah had prophesied, Jezebel is eaten by dogs. Uh, Elijah is this prophet of repentance, much like John the Baptist. Elijah is this prophet that's calling God's people to repentance. And yet he did not see repentance in his lifetime. Now, now there's two things I want us to see as we, we talk about how Elijah finishes, uh, there's two things I want us to see this morning. The first thing is this, God's vision is bigger than our vision. It's bigger than our vision. God, God sees more than we see. 
God has more in mind than what we have in mind, and God has more in mind than what we will accomplish in our lifetime. God's move didn't end with Elijah. You know, we've seen, we've all seen instances of of situations where key persons' uh, loss resulted in in negative things. I, I think of of Apple. Uh, the first time Steve Jobs left, and, and Apple just declined, declined, declined until Steve Jobs came back, and, and then we see all that Apple has done since. Now, now Steve Jobs is, is gone again, he's dead, and we'll see what happens with Apple, and you, and you do see a little bit of, of a decline, the other side of the curb. And we've all seen this at workplaces. Uh, you, you see it in families. Anybody ever seen this in a family? Uh, that, that you have a key person in a family that dies, and, and the family just kind of devolves. It just kind of divides and, and, and moves away. And so, so we've all see this, see this. God's move is bigger than individuals. And so God's move, and just generally, and God's move in a church, uh, you know, if, if a church dies because individuals fade or die, it's because they're not connected to God's vision, but individuals' vision. Because God's vision is bigger than church members, it's bigger than pastors, it's, it's bigger than any of us. We, we see this over and over in the Bible, and one of my favorite illustrations of this is Moses. I mean, Moses, you don't get any bigger in the story than Moses, this deliverer that, that takes the people of God from slavery in Egypt to freedom and wandering in the wilderness. But Moses doesn't get to take them over the Jordan into the promised land because he's been disobedient to God in, in his time serving God. Yet God takes Moses to the top of the mountain and lets Moses see the land they're going to inherit. In other words, God is saying, Moses, I want you to understand that you have been significant. You have a part to play in furthering my mission and furthering my vision. But my vision, my mission is bigger than you. And you see this in Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, we have this great hall of faith and it talks about Abraham, and it talks about Isaac, and it talks about Moses, and it talks about all these heroes of faith, and, and these great examples of faith. And then it ends with, but God had planned something better for us, so, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Of course, the Hebrew preacher is talking in part about Jesus and Pentecost this giving of the Holy Spirit, this salvation through Jesus Christ. But, but there's more to it than that. I believe the preacher is saying, listen, you have furthered, you have finished, you have completed their story by your obedience to Jesus, by your receiving of the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, people will finish what we start. So the principle is this, we are finishing what others began. Aren't you thankful for those who went before and have given you this, this opportunity to continue the mission of God?
You know, th think about those people that have went before you, that have invested in you, that, that have paid money for a church, but not just a church who have invested in you in your life so that you can be at this place of serving in God's mission. And others will finish what we begin. In other words, there'll be people who come up behind us who will complete our journey, perfect our journey. There's, there's a continuity to our stories. And, and so we remember the past and we work towards the future. So, so what's our part? Well, the, the first thing is this, replace yourself. Who are you investing in? Who are you leaving a legacy in? Who are you communicating to and counseling and sharing the direction and the mission of God? Elisha, and this is just a, 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 a word of caution, Elisha was different than Elijah. You know, Elijah is this hairy man's man in the wilderness, and Elisha is a little bit different. We don't see clones, but people who will further our story and our mission. And this is something that we do intentionally. It doesn't just happen. And the other part's this, find mentors. Who are you allowing to invest in you? Elisha is shaped. He's not entirely a clone of Elijah, but he's shaped by Elijah. To, to truly be mentored, we must be new wineskins. We must be capable of seeing things in a different way, in a new way. There's no age restriction on this, by the way. That you can be replacing yourself and being mentored all at the same time. As a matter of fact, in my life, and you know, I, I'm, I'm seven years old. Um, you know, in my life. There are people who are investing in me, and there's people I'm investing in. And my prayer, and that's one of the things I liked about Ed Yvonne, I never thought Ed stopped learning. Ed was 90 years old, and Ed was still learning new things. See, see there's no age restrictions on this. You're, you're not too young to replace yourself, to invest in other people. And I believe very, in very rare cases... Have you come to that place where you're not capable of learning something new and allowing others to invest in you? Now, that, now this is always a chancy thing to do, but I see Jim Carsey back there. And Jim, you're 93 years old, right? Is there anything else you can learn? That's humility. And if you didn't hear him, he says he keeps learning things every day. I believe that's is that, that what I heard. Uh, that's the humility of someone who will grow their entire life. I keep learning things every day. Replace yourself. Find a mentor. And then one more thing to see. God is at work in our finishing. We are a work of grace from beginning to the end. There's not a time in your life 
where you get to this point where God's grace is not actively moving you, growing you. All of us need to have the humility to understand that it is God's grace at work in our life wherever we are on the journey. Maybe you've not accepted the free gift of salvation. Guess what? Grace is at work in your life, and it's called prevenient grace. God is pursuing and chasing you. Maybe you've come to this point where you've asked God to forgive your sins, and, and your grace has covered your sin, and God is still pursuing you and growing you to this point where you say, it's all yours, God. Maybe you're at that point in the Church of the Nazarene that we talk about entire sanctification and, and, and you've submitted fully to Him and you, you're saying, God, whatever you want, God's grace is still at work and finishing up in your life. God's grace is at work in your life from the time you were born until the time you die and then you're glorified. You know, I don't know, I can't prove this, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and you, after we're all dead, you can come tell me if you're wrong. I still believe it's God's grace that holds heaven together. It's all about Him. It's grace. I'm saved by grace. I'm sanctified by grace. I'll be glorified by grace. I'll live in heaven by grace wherever we are on the journey from the beginning to the end. It's grace. And maybe you're close to the end. Can you say thank God for grace? Maybe you're near the beginning. Maybe you're in the middle. Wherever we are in the journey, we're depending on God. As I thought about that and I I wrote that down in my notes, you know what I thought? That's not a bad place to be. (laughs) I'm not depending on the result of an election in November. And all God's people said, praise the Lord. I'm not dependent on the economy going smoothly. I'm not dependent on anything other than God. So my prayer for you, wherever you find yourself today, depend on Him. Allow Him to finish your story well. I'm going to pray a prayer, and then we're going to do a benediction together. And I think we're going to have it on the screen when we do it. But let, let me pray first. All heads bow, all eyes closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of respond. Maybe you're feeling, maybe you're feeling you need just some special prayer day. Our, our altars are always available for you, and anytime somebody can come to the altar. But but, but understand when we're seated like this, we're not playing music. There's there's no big draw. But maybe you just want to lift your hand and say, Pastor. I need prayer. You want to lift your hands? If, if you're, I see your hands, you can put them up. You can put them down. I'm going to pray special for you. And um, you know, Life's messy right now. Our Heavenly Father, we need you. More, more than anything else, we need you. Well, we need you to, to touch 
us as individuals and as families. Lord, as we've went through these last, well, seven months, we've dealt with a lot of adversity. We've dealt with separation. We've dealt with illness. We've lost loved ones. Lord, we, we, we've went through so much. And the truth is, you've been with us every step of the way. Wherever we find ourselves, you're with us and you love us. And your grace, your mercy, your kindness pursue us throughout the journey. Lord, we want to finish well. But to finish well, we can't do it on our own. We need others. And Lord, as we move into 2021, it seems weird to say that. As we move into 2021, we're going to start exploring why we're better together. Why we need each other. Elijah needed Elisha. He needed someone to pour into Elisha needed Elijah. He needed a mentor. So Lord, help us to find those people that will invest in us. But Lord, more than, more than that, may we trust you in all things, knowing that you're at work and your grace is more than enough. Can you guys stand with me for this closing benediction? In all of your, our traveling... In all our journeying to work and returning, within our homes and families, in all our leisure time together, in all difficult situations and conflict, as we stumble on the way, in the traveling of our faith, as we place our trust in you, and let's do this one together. In all our traveling, Lord, may it be your footsteps in which we place our feet. God bless. You are dismissed.